Welcome to the Heart to Biz podcast, the show for people to share their heart behind what they do. Be reminded why you started and discover what keeps you going. Here's Laurel and Shasta. Hi, my name is Shasta. And I'm Laurel. And on this episode, Mark Allen, who is the founder of a small but mighty memory care facility here in the Sacramento area, will be sharing his heart behind how he got into this and why he decided to open it. Awesome. So thank Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Mark, let's just get right into it. How does a guy all of a sudden start his own small assisted living place? I mean, that's kind of random. It, What's that it, about? It, it is. If you would have asked him, if you, if you would have told me I'd be doing this three years ago, I I, I would think you were crazy. Um, so it all started for me about uh, six and a half years ago. Uh, I got a very uh, sudden but uh, repetitive phone call, and I found out that my dad had passed away. Uh, he was only forty nine, in really good shape, and it would just kind of it it really shook my world because like we were really close he was kind of like a older brother figure mentor type and um when you lose someone so unexpectedly you don't even have time to really fathom what happened um so after kind of you know going to counseling and trying to handle all that stuff um three years after that then my mom passed away at the age of 53 so i mean my mom i mean i was a huge mama's boy i mean i still am but um you know I was super close with her. So when she passed, something different happened. And for me, it it had me just kind of reviewing a lot of her life, a lot of my own life, and just kind of, um, you know, she she worked a job that she hated for so long. And, you know, she was always one of those people that said, I'll enjoy life when, you know, when I retire, or I'll, you know, do the things that I want to do when I'm at this point. She was always pushing off uh, her happiness, so to speak, or things that she really, truly from her like heart wanted to do uh, in pursuit of making sure that the rest of us were okay. But, um, you know, that it, it really, it hurt me, but it actually changed a lot. Like, it's weird. Like she passed away in uh, October 27th, 2018. And then later that year, I just really started like kind of searching for for questions to to certain answers that would just come up because it's weird I, I don't know if you guys have lost anyone close but when you lose two people really close to you you ask yourself some really interesting questions and kind of dark but you're kind of like what is life like what's what's the point of all this if every you know you, you put so much emphasis on you know job and you know all these things that you want to acquire and then you just die but um i started reading a lot and uh, for me now it's like this is a part of my everyday practice but back then i was like reading is it's stupid like i mean you it's something you had to do to get through college and like you always had to read something you weren't interested in but um my wife is a pretty avid reader and you know she she's always had bought me books throughout the year you know trying to inspire me and um i read a book called uh, A New Earth uh, by Eckhart Tolle. It's Discovering Your Life's Purpose. Sounds cheesy, but um, I read it and it made me really emotional because um, you can't really lie to yourself. So that book does a really good job of breaking down the ego and start really asking yourself real questions and you're giving yourself real answers. So it's not, what do people expect of me? And, And that started the shift where 
it had me question friendships. It had me question my current job at the time. It had me question a family member because a lot of the times uh, we're conditioned to keep you know, toxic people in our life because they're family. And from that point on, I was like, I will never uh, settle for anything, any person, anything. And in that category fell my job. I'd been a personal trainer for 13 years. So, um, you know, I, I, it was something, I was always been a three sport athlete. So it was an easy transition. And I started doing it when I was, when I was in college, but it never, it didn't really like it being naturally good at something doesn't mean it's your passion. It's just like, it just kind of transpired. I mean, I worked out a lot. So I was like, let's do this as a job, I guess, while I'm in college. But, <laughs> We've uh, all been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and it's like, it, it, it's not, it doesn't call to you. Like I didn't find myself doing research on the weekends. Like I saw other trainers and they were like really into it. And they were like, there's this new technique and this new idea. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, there was something that just wasn't clicking for me, like it was these other people. So um, it was about a month after I started reading that book that I, I looked over to my wife and you guys know, once you tell your significant other or your closest friend something, you cannot take it back. <laughs> so I, I looked at her and I was like, I think I'm done training. And she looked over, she looked at me and she's like, I know you've been done for a while. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me anything? But you know, you can't, you can't, tell somebody something about themselves, they have to discover it themselves or it's not a genuine, you know, uh, sustainable change. And then from there on, um, so I was like, okay, I, I said it out loud, but it's kind of like, well, now what? And uh, it was about a month after that. So now we're in March of 2019 and I got a new client. I didn't quit cold turkey because you still got to, you know, pay the electricity bills and stuff like that. But I, I knew I was putting, I was manifesting to whatever was meant for me to come to me um, you know, for whatever I was prepared for. And sure enough, I, I, I kid you not, someone randomly trained with me. I didn't know who she was. She came out of nowhere and she was like a year or two older than me. And like, it just happened to come up one day that she, um, she had to reschedule her training. And she's like, yeah, one of my employees quit last night. And I was like, okay. So I saw her the next day. I was like, so what do you do where you have to fill in someone like fill in for an employee at nighttime? And she said, I own care homes. And I was like, what's that? Like, I, I had no idea. Like, you know, you know, the joke of it when you see like uh, Billy Madison where Ben Stiller's like taunting the women and making them do landscaping duties or, you know, knitting and stuff like that in these giant like hospital like nursing homes. But I, when she said it was like at a house, she had two of them, uh, you know, that they were just at a regular house and that she took care of people, everything inside me. And that's how I know it was a calling because I knew nothing about it, but it was so interesting that I found myself keep looking more and more into it. And like, I never have stopped and looked back since. So that this is all the way from April of 2019 to now. And like, I didn't know anything about it. So like, I just, I, I did everything backwards. Like some people are caregivers or they, they grew up in it and their family did it in the nineties and then they did it. And it's like, you know, for me, I went and got my admin uh, certification first, which is, you know, you know, I, I passed that. And then it was kind of like, okay, now what? Then I started doing, putting together like a business plan because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be nice. I knew I wanted to be something new and like uh, kind of a different take. And um, I didn't just want to just throw anything out. So um, I, I spent the rest of uh, 2019 putting together a business plan and I had a lot of mentors along the way. And um, 
they kept saying like, you got to get some experience. You got to actually get your hands in, in this business. Like, cause sure you have all the numbers and you know, from like a, a number standpoint of how this business makes sense. But have you ever like changed someone's brief? And I was like, no, like, I mean, I'm the oldest of many siblings, but that's different changing a little baby diaper. So, um, you know, then it's about February, 2020 and I'm still personal. right before COVID right before. And I'm looking for part-time work. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep my full-time job. My mentors, you know, cause I went out and met with people and they were like, what's your experience? And I was like, none, but I have this cool business plan. Like, <laughs> and like that's that's not going to cut it they're like we we want to see like some actual like you know boots on the ground as far as experience so i started applying to jobs and no one would hire me i'm like geez like i, I have like a college degree in entrepreneurship i'm like no one wants me to like you know be a caregiver or something and then finally someone hired me and my first day was uh march 17th like oh. Two days, so like the week before I was going and getting all my life scanned and making sure, you know, TB test and all that stuff. And it was on that Sunday, the 15th, that they shut down all gyms in the state of California. So like, I literally went from like having two jobs to having no job. And then, so, but you know, it's interesting how everyone can take a situation. I myself saw as a great opportunity to go full, full into caregiving. So I worked at a 25 bed memory care in Roseville. And then I had mentors that had their own six beds. So I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, like, how's everything going? How is COVID affecting you? It was like kind of the end of March, beginning of April. And they're like, you know, we're, we're still doing okay. We're still, you know, a lot of people are still trying to figure things out. And I was like, you know, I, I'm actually caregiving now. And they're like, Oh really? Well, if you ever want to get some like more hands-on experience of what you want to open, cause I knew I wanted to do something small because I wanted to be intimate. I wanted it to be something where I could know everyone's name, uh, all my, all my team members, birthdays and their kids' names and stuff like that. So but not um, every facility or community offers that intimate experience. You know, what I really love is that I've seen it at so many networking events and you could never tell that you have only been in this for like a year and a half like you you could never tell like you you hold yourself and you carry yourself so professional and um you you really look and and, and you make people feel that you have such a good heart and you know what you're doing um and you've come such a long ways i think it's incredible that that you took something that was a trial and you turned it into your testimony and then you took your pain and it became your purpose yeah. and now you're impacting people every single day yeah it's crazy um that that's kind of what my saying is that i actually just heard it the other day on another podcast but it's like turning triumph into or tragedy into triumph because like i was so sad like i mean if it wasn't for my wife i don't i might have fell off a bridge or something. I don't know. It just, it's so, it's such a sad time, but it's that same amount of sadness that can also propel you that much into something positive. If you so choose to use it that way. And, um, it's life-changing. It's, 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 I almost, it, this is going to sound weird, but I almost wish everyone can just at least have a glimpse of how short life really is. And like how, you know, and would you want to keep just being in this situation that you settle for, whether it be a relationship or, you know, job or anything, or, you know, half, 
I don't know if you guys cuss on your <laughs> half half booty relationships, you know, like you know, like half like not solid friendships, you know. It's just your your time is so valuable. It's like you want to spend it with things and people uh, and, and and a job that you you love. Like, and I know that's it's such it's such a catchy phrase, you know, do what you love. But how many people really are pursuing that and doing that, like? I mean, even if you look at Laurel's story, you know, she she came from a general contractor experience working under people and she flipped a house one day and she was like, what? I need to do this for a living. And, you know, at, at the time that she did it, not a lot of people were were a woman, especially right. doing that. And, and she stepped out and uh, look where she's at now, over 20 years of experience. And um, it's just it's just so amazing. It is. It, it, another thing, too, is it's a. a it's crazy how much we limit ourselves in our minds. And I'm, I'm the first one to say, like, I, I've had huge limiting beliefs and it's crazy. Everything you just said, I, I, I thank you for saying the nice things. Um, but it's like, that's all possible to carry yourself with confidence when you actually like go out and put your all into something, you know what I say? You don't have to fake something if if you actually put in the work and you go out and find the knowledge i sat with anyone and any I, I sat with people who worked in hospice i saw in people i went and sat had coffee or went to laboos with people who staffed for businesses like this i wanted to know every aspect of it and not just talk to like two care homeowners i wanted to talk to anyone that would take the time and i really appreciate those people and i'm still in contact with a lot of those people today because it's all part of the journey and you know maybe they don't know how much they affected my life but like that's what this is all about the reason why i'm in this industry is because I, I i wanted to affect like that ripple effect like dropping a rock into a still pond and how many people can we help but also keeping it special because like if we get too big then i don't feel like we can create that that unique special feel you know what that i really feel we can actually touch people's lives and have an actual hand on you know their care and all that stuff and affect their families and I know that Laurel and I dignity. relate to that yeah. we, we relate to that a lot because I mean yeah sure we could go national floral vice houses but we, we won't be able to see people individually at their houses we don't have that capability that's why we decide to to stick local so we can have those intimate connections and Laurel is so big on that right Laurel yeah, I love yeah, yeah. I'm I struggling love with this, you know, you know, even bringing Shasta on was a little bit of I had to break myself up a little bit to be able to, you know, have somebody else out there speaking my vision uh, and doing public relations and stuff like that and doing stuff that I'm really good at, it, like podcasts, right? I would have never done this if I hadn't brought Shasta on. So you've been doing this now a few months. Yeah, I know you you spent during the, the beginning part working for everybody, getting all the access, finding all the people who can help you make this happen. You built the house, you you you've decorated it, you've got it all ready. Now you've got people. How's it going? I mean, how how does it feel to actually, you know, provide dignity and care for for these people? How's that going? Laurel, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy this is so it's crazy because I remember the day we got the keys to this house and it was December 17th and 
we signed all the papers and everything. And then we came back here and the house was completely empty. And I just remember laying on the floor in, in the great room and it was cold cause it's December. And I was just like, this was an idea. I literally like, this is an idea. I, and now I'm like sitting in my like idea right now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's, it, it's so, it's so motivating because as we grow, I, I start to realize how many people that we can truly have a positive impact on. And for me, it's important that we take care of our residents for sure. But I also am making sure that we take care of our team members. I'm making sure everyone's feels the family vibe. I want everyone to vibe. Do they have to be best friends? I, I'm not, that's not a requirement, but like <laughs> I want everyone to be a team like a family and I know that that sounds cliche but I feel like you would do anything for family like you would cover someone's shift you would you know stay that they're running 15 minutes late and it's like oh you know they're not normally like that and I really wanted to create a family vibe so that's why you know we were pretty strict about what we were looking for and it's all come together it, it's crazy of course as a business owner you want things to be done within two, three months, but it's like, it's everything, the lessons, the, um, the growth is happening at such a healthy rate that it's good on my team. It's good on me. And it's good on my personal life too, because my thing is, I wish it wasn't called work-life balance because it's saying that work comes first, but, um, there has to be work-life balance. Um, because my, I, I never want to put so much emphasis on business that, I'm divorced or, you know. My dad always tells me that we, we work to live, not live to work. Yeah, right. He goes, always pounded that into me. Like once we get that in our heads, it changes everything. It does, it does. And it's like, but with that being said, it's like, if you put together the right team, I got some amazing, amazing team members. Um, that's why it's so strange when I hear you know, in our industry as a whole, it's like everyone's struggling. I'm just like, I don't know why we're not struggling as much, but like, I try to teach myself recently not to question good things. Well, I have to tell you, Mark, so I've been in business a lot longer than you. And what I hear is that there's a balance between leadership and management. Oh yeah. When you have a team. Oh, yeah. Most people spend a lot of time and energy on management of yep. the team and not leadership, not culture, not core values. You know, uh, I have a business partner and yes, I let him take the lead in management. And I feel like my whole job is to provide leadership. Right. You know, to and, uh, you know, of course, I do some management and he does some leadership, of course, but what I'm hearing is that you're committed to creating a culture yes, and hiring into that culture and, um, and having that culture create um, an, a place where everybody can learn and grow and be a better person. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty inspired that you're a young guy to figure that out. Yes, uh, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, one thing that I just found out recently, and I know that this is silly, but I love that all the caregivers are in like a group text without me and they all talk to each other. And like someone just brought up that they wanted to do like a potluck here and like do a Halloween potluck. And I'm like, this is exactly, cause I've worked at places where like 
as soon as you clock out, you're just trying to get out of there. Like, you're just like, you don't want to fraternize with anyone. You're just like, yeah, I'll, I'll stay civil. But like to, to have a team that it talks when they're not here and like, you know, hang out and stuff like that and want to do a potluck. I mean, we're on the right path, especially being such a young company. Um, it just, but you're right. I think leadership, and that was one of my biggest things too, because in my previous job, I was a sole proprietor. So I only had to worry about myself. It was important to me that I not, that I ask everyone what their management style was and put together the right pieces. Because here's the thing, as a leader, you have to lead, but also let people do what they do best. I'm not, I never want to be someone that comes in and micromanages. Like, is there a system that makes the house run a little bit smoother? Yes. But if someone has a, a way about themselves and they're really good at training people and they want to spend an extra 20 minutes in the morning to train someone up that's new, that's an asset. It's like most of the time leaders are like, you have to do it this way. It's only my way, but it's like, capitalize on people's strengths it's like instead of Thank trying you, to mark mold, yes instead of trying to mold someone to exactly a replica of you like i get it if you if you're trying to have put a system in place but with this business there's so many different strengths that someone can bring to the table someone could be an in a, in a house like ours someone could be an amazing cook and that's a that's a huge benefit because like I'm not a good cook. You don't want to eat what I can make. <laughs> we'll have cereal all day. So um, it's just, it, but if someone's really good at communicating and kind of uh, training, then we want to point them like, hey, do you mind training this person? If someone's maybe, that's not maybe their strong suit, but they're really good at organization. Hey, how would you, uh, you know, de decorate this or, you know, uh, store all the uh, supplies and whatnot? It's a, but I think a lot of the times uh, ego gets in the way. And as a leader, you're like, this is, this is my business and you better do it like this. And it's like, I think it takes out the creative freedom that is it's cause like, this isn't just like a one size fits all as far as what needs to be done here. There's so much where like a lot of my team members um, personalities and stuff can come out and like whether they're engaging with a family or engaging with a resident or just being themselves and bringing energy that you can't train that you can't even if i was the top leader you can't put people like that that are creative and interesting in a box and be like you better stay in this box like you want to like have them, you know, I don't know. It's weird. It's like they have like a special power. You want them, you, you want to release it. You don't want to try to control it, but you just want to push it in a certain direction and let it go. Yeah. But right? the, so the direction is the mission. Like we just right. want to provide a great family like home and like, you know, and even that goes into our residence. So it's like, as long as we all agree on the same mission of how we get there, it, it really can go so many different ways. I really wanted to ask you, how do you think that your um, community is different from all the other ones out there? I mean, there's so many different memory cares. There's so many different senior living communities. What makes yours special? What, is, what makes yours like have that heart that you're talking about makes people feel like family? You just said it. We call it Am Amethyst Heart. I ask everyone like, you know, someone's like, oh, I have a friend that's interested. And I'm like, do they have an amethyst heart? And I don't even know how we came that that's like a term here. Like, cause someone I'll ask like, oh, my friend's interested. And I'll be like, does she have an amethyst heart? And they're like, 
I don't know. I'm like that. That's a no. So, um, you know, I don't know. I really don't know what would make it different because that would be saying that I'm in a state of judgment where I'm going and judging other people's as worse or better. And I think it's just different. I think every, every founder or CEO of the company is going to operate different. I've worked at, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I've worked at some, one of the best uh, boarding cares in the greater Sacramento area. And I've also worked at a really terrible one. And, but from both of them, I learned so many lessons. Like I learned a lot of it, the terrible one, not what not to do, but I learned a lot of stuff. But even at the best place that I worked, there were still things that I saw like, there could be so much more. And I guess um, without being specific, that's where I, I took those experiences and formulated, here's what I feel like I would want my care home to be like, and here we are. So like, I, I can't really put like a specific on it, but um, my thing, if I could say what would make a difference is I want to always have my pulse or have me have my pulse on everything that I'm involved with, because if not, it just turns into, you know, oh, that's his 10th home or that's his, that's just another business that he has his name on. It's like, I want to be, I want my essence and like what we're trying to build to be felt, you know, and that comes down to hiring the right people. And, you know, my wife and I sit with every single person and we go through a vetting process. Like I know people are hurting for caregivers, but you don't ever want to hire people out of desperation. Whenever you do something in a desperate state, you get desperate results. <laughs> so um, I just, um, I'm so grateful. Like I said, we haven't been having terrible experiences as far as a team, but I think it's because of the, I don't want to get too like, spiritual out here but it's really the energy and the vibe that we create because as soon as you like come in you can kind of like like once you meet one caregiver and then you meet another one and another one you see there's a commonality even the families like the families love our team members and it's just like i love that like i love like they want to be here you know what i mean and that i mean to want to have a potluck here like who, who wants to go back to their job and like on, on a day off and have a potluck? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it, it all starts with the, the mission and the vision and making sure that the energy attracts your tribe. Because if you're just looking for anyone with a pulse, then you'll find just anyone to work for you. But like it, it, we knew what we wanted and we're getting it. Perfect. That's exactly the, we love to hear that really. And Congratulations. I mean, Thank that you. that you um, did that kind of research, you did that kind of thoughtfulness, and you really looked at it from your heart, and then you created the amethyst heart. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's going uh, mean, to make a huge a difference. Bag, a little heart. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. You know, I, I like I said, I was looking at photos again, and it is just, it's so beautiful. It's modern. It's fresh. I mean, it just looks, it looks so cozy. Like I want to go there. <laughs> so, um, so the, the thing is, is about that is that it, it's gotta be the niceness of it is important, right? It's just like when you first meet someone, say you're dating them being attractive or being, you know, easy on the eyes is a great way to just at least get inside the door but once you get in there has to be something more for it to be um you know overall like a good experience so that's why we really try to focus on you know all the beds are made i mean i know that's not like i'm looking at a, a completely decorated room right now it's just like it's it's 
it's the feel, it's the smell. When you come in, it doesn't smell like hot urine. It's just, it's the energy. It's, we always have music playing. It's always clean. Like our cleaning schedule here is, it's, it's a wet mop every knock shift. Like it's not just, oh, once a week, like, it's, it's important. It's like, we take pride in what we do, but it's a holistic feel like down to the smell, taste, touch, good food. It's all of that is the product. So it's not just looking at it like, oh, it's just a beautiful house, but we don't take care of people very well. Like, you know, it's gotta be, I wanted it to be everything tied into one. And that's why we use the word holistic because it's not just one way of doing something. It's looking at it as a whole of how all the pieces come in and create one, one homogenous thing. I think, oh, I think that awesome you, you really just said the right words. I mean, because you're right. Anybody can go and open up a memory care facility. Anybody can go and open up one and make it beautiful inside and with all the bells and whistles, but it takes a certain kind of person to be able to have that leadership and management and to be able to impact people with heart and integrity and mark that that's what you show so um that's exactly why we had you on this podcast and we are so grateful that you took the time to share your story with us it was very inspirational thank you so much it went by fast well done. <laughs> it usually does but thank you so much mark and please join us next week for a brand new episode of heart to biz where you can learn more about another business professional's heart thank you for listening to the heart to biz podcast for more information on past or upcoming episodes please visit heart2biz.org